For almost 40 years, an incredible phenomena has been occurring in a remote village of Bosnia-Herzegovina, which may contain secrets that could change life as we know it. After hearing of a number of miracles from first-hand witnesses, I wonder if this could be a giant wake-up call for humanity. Considering once these secrets are revealed, it could be too late, this just might be worth taking a look into. I'm Shannon Gieselman, and since the day I discovered this place called Medjugorje, I haven't been able to take my mind off of it. Why doesn't everyone know about it? Well, join me as I bring real-life stories of miracles of Medjugorje and why this is a modern-day case for grace. Welcome back to Miracles of Medjugorje, a case for grace. I'm Shannon Gieselman, and today... I want to talk about apparitions. All right, let's just address the ghost in the room, shall we? <laughs> um, I get it. It's a lot to take in. You're thinking, okay, are we talking ghosts? Are we talking angels or hallucinations or what? Apparitions. Very strange word, right? Well, whatever you believe in, just put that aside because I want to take a look at the history. Celestial visitations have been documented since the beginning of time. From a biblical perspective, according to the Catholic Church, the era of prophets and revelations ended with the death of the last living apostle. Apparitions or private revelations are not meant to be added to or to be taken away from our faith. My priest, he just says that apparitions are a freebie. In other words, it's useful to recognize these as warnings about the need for prayer and penance to avert a coming war or a disaster, which is kind of along the lines of when apparitions tend to happen. But belief is not required by the church, and Catholics are at liberty to decide just how much spiritual emphasis, if any, to place on apparitions and the messages they deliver. The Vatican has approved a number of reported apparitions of the Virgin Mary, but the majority don't make the cut. This process is often very arduous and is heavily scrutinized. Of course, their reputation is on the line, and they, more than anyone, want to protect their credibility. The local bishop has the power to declare an apparition worthy of belief and authorize public devotion associated with it. But such decisions are very rare and typically a long time in coming. If a bishop finds a claim particularly credible or contrary, he can appoint a panel of experts to investigate. The panel can include theologians, experts in church law, and psychologists. They examine the mental health, moral character, sincerity, and respect to church authorities, as well as the lifestyle of the visionary. They cross-check the alleged messages to see if they are in alignment with scripture and whether the apparitions have resulted in spiritual fruit by inspiring conversion, prayer, or works of charity, for example. Any evidence or motive of profit or gain counts heavily against authenticity. Another key observation is whether the event can be explained by natural causes, which is typically what the church tends to gravitate toward. So are the Medjugorje apparitions approved? A lot of flip-flopping happened back in the early years that led to questioning the validity. There was an initial approval by the local bishop who went down on record stating there was absolutely no reason to believe the children were lying. To suddenly, he did a 180 flip and changed his stance altogether. In the book, Medjugorje Investigated by Michael Kenneth Jones, you can find in-depth research from every angle. He conducted over a seven-year investigation 
and he was even able to get classified documents released from, by the Freedom of Information Act. Evidence reveals there was some political influence behind the bishop's sudden change of heart. In fact, many years later, under Pope Benedict XVI, the Vatican took away the power from local bishops to make any pronouncements. In 2010, he assigned a commission whose findings were almost unanimous that the first seven apparitions were in fact authentic and real. The short of the long is, since the apparitions are still taking place, the church will continue to remain under examination. However, May 2019, Pope Francis made it official for priests to lead pilgrimages to the site, which is the highest form of recognition you can give without actually giving official approval. To put things in a matter of context, it's important to remember when the apparitions began in Medjugorje, it was under communist rule. People had to be careful about publicly displaying their beliefs and prayer could only be done in a place of worship. People were beaten and sentenced to prison just because they were Catholic or Croatian. Some of the locals even had their passports taken away, preventing them from getting work outside the country, all because they claimed that Our Lady was appearing. Nonetheless, the villagers continued to welcome pilgrims into their own homes, free of charge, while they offered up their own beds and even slept on the floor. Let me also point out, this village was so poor and sheltered, these children never heard of the Virgin Mary ever appearing before. Like apparitions were not a thing that they would have known. They'd never heard about the children of Lourdes or Fatima, which have been officially approved by the church, by the way. I know it's hard to imagine, but back in 1981, there was no internet or Google, and let alone a decent library. I sure can't imagine a communist-run country allowing religious books in the public library, so you certainly weren't gonna get any books about previous apparitions, right? In looking solely at apparitions approved by the Vatican Church, they commonly occur in times of crisis to young children from a humble background. Generally, there seems to be an underlying message to come back to faith or a warning of the future behind it. It is just uncanny how many various witnesses all describe very specific and similar details of the Virgin Mary, from the color of her dress to having a crown of 12 stars on her head. But are apparitions a biblical concept? What's up with all the secrets, right? Check out Matthew chapter 17, the transfiguration. Remember when Jesus took Peter, James, and John to the mountain to pray? Jesus's face was transformed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. Okay, now hold on right there. Moses and Elijah had died at this point. Am I right? Okay, so Peter it is uh, described this as being a very wonderful experience. It was good to be here, he says, as if maybe being able to sneak peek into heaven. I don't, I'm just guessing. I mean, it's my deductive reasoning here on my behalf. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them all not to tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has raised from the dead. We'll check it out. Matthew uses the word vision to describe the transfiguration. In Latin, the word apparition stems from the word appear or to be made visible. Same, same. But now notice how he instructs them not to tell anyone until he is raised from the dead. Hmm, kind of sounds like a secret, wouldn't you think? 
Oh, and, and why would he do that? Well, Jesus had his reasons because until his resurrection, the meaning of his life and mission couldn't possibly be understood until then. No testimony to the vision would have ever led people to faith. So in essence, all things must be revealed to us in the proper time. What about scripture-based discouragement for seeking miracles? While Christ worked many miracles, he did not appear to encourage the search for miracles. Besides the most famous line said to doubting Thomas, blessed are those who believe and have not seen, he also warned an evil and unfaithful generation seeks a sign, but no sign will be given except the sign of Jonah. That's Matthew 16, 4. Okay, so what's the sign of Jonah? Being trapped in a whale's belly for three days? <laughs> Actually, I had to dig into this one to see what the scholars had to say. It's likened to being symbolic of Jesus's three-day resurrection from the dead. But why did Jonah get released from the whale? To complete his God-given mission to warn the people of Nineveh and turn back to God. Sounds a lot like what we have going on here with the Marian apparitions. Heavenly visitations by the Mother of God have been reported for centuries. It's believed that the very first Marian apparition occurred while she was still alive on earth. She was living in Jerusalem whilst James, now St. James, was out spreading the word in Spain. He was being heavily persecuted during this time, and while turning to prayer, she appeared to him in effort to console and encourage him. This is known as bilocation, where an individual can simultaneously appear in two different locations. She requested to him to build a church in that location, which she declared would stand until the end of time. Well, turns out this is the first church in history dedicated to Our Lady. It's known as Our Lady of the Pillar, and it stands to this day in all its glory, having survived invasions and wars. In the Spanish Civil War of 1936 to 1939, three bombs were dropped on the church. None of them exploded. I also want to point out this was the very first record of a Marian apparition, and now she claims St. James Parish in Medjugorje will be her very last apparition, or the last time she'll appear this way on earth, because once her mission is complete here, her appearances will no longer be necessary. What exactly is her mission? Well, she declares if you pray and read the gospel, you will understand the reason for her coming. In her very first message on June 25th, 1981, the answer she gave to the visionaries was, to tell everyone that God exists and that he loves you. She also asked for our prayer, reconciliation, and conversion. So it all seems to be coming full circle as it began with St. James. It will end with St. James, known as the patron saint of pilgrims. As we read in the Bible, when God wants to convey a message to us, he sends either the Holy Spirit, a dream or visitation from an angel. Just as he did in the ancient days, why would he not continue to do so now when one would argue we need it most? God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So I want to close with this final thought. When a phenomenon like this has been put under the microscope for so long and all known laws of science and physics fall short to finally having to be labeled as a supernatural event, it can go one of two ways. Is it for good or for evil? There's really no in-between. While many skeptics say Satan also has the power to heal and deceive through signs and wonders, I think 
we can rest assured if it leads us to God, it's from God. And if it leads us away, I would say it's evidence of something demonic. The Bible tells us in Matthew 7, 18, that we are to discern whether something is inherently good or bad by the fruits of the tree. A bad tree cannot produce good fruits. In looking at the fruits or the byproduct of what's coming out of Medjugorje, you be the judge. After almost four decades of beautiful stories of conversion, the test of time alone has proven its authentication. Each year, over two million people travel there on a spiritual quest, many walking away with way more than they bargained for. Over 400 medically documented miracles and over 600 priests have been birthed from Medjugorje. There have been millions of renewed faith testimonies and those who have just gone to Medjugorje and come back bearing witness to an undeniable peace they experience while there. Often they return a changed person and feel called to share with others. And that's what brings me to my podcast. I want to offer that forum for people to share their stories. So if you or someone you know has a story about Medjugorje, I invite you to contact me at miraclesofmedjugoriapodcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope this was educational for you. If you have any questions, please, again, reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. God bless. Mm -hmm.